Are we ever going to be able to not talk about James Comey again? No. I would really appreciate a break from this shit. <laughs> You're tired of Comey? I think I'm so tired of Comey. Comey is just getting good, Nick. <laughs> this is a central theme to barstool politics. Ah, uh, yeah. Kofefe and Comey. That's uh, all you need. It's so tiring. Uh, welcome back, guys. Um, lots to talk about. Um, yeah. Mainly, I mean... The Comey thing is going to be huge. The last time we were on, it was... Had he done it? No, he did it the no, day it was after. the night before. The night before he released his statement, but he hadn't actually right. testified. Yeah, right, so right, we got to right. dive into that. Just sessions. Track of time. Yeah, it is. Uh, there's so much. And then, obviously, today. So today is Wednesday. Uh, the shooting uh, at the baseball stadium where they attacked uh, Republican members of the congressional baseball team. Uh, Steve Scalise, uh, as of taping now, in critical condition. As far as I know, he's out of surgery and in critical condition. Yeah. And five other people were shot? Yes. I think so? Yes. Okay. And the shooter was killed, right? Or had died in the he aftermath. He died eventually. Yeah. Oh, he did. I they, thought they had captured him. They had captured him, and then I think Trump announced that he had died. Right, Phil? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he, was, he was shot and taken to the hospital and died um, later. Yeah. I was really hoping we were going to get more info out of him. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it. Uh, I feel you. You were you were saying some smart things before we went on air about that uh, as a as a take on the broad issue. Well, I mean, I, so, we talked a little bit about how to how to talk about this, and I think that's one of the concerns is that every, you know you don't want to. Uh, there have been discussions of gun control and all. So. We're losing you. So, Phil, you there, Phil? I don't. We, Really weird. Entering the matrix. <laughs> oh, Phil. I think we're losing you. Speak, Phil. All right. Oh, no, there yeah, you are. You're back. I'm talking now. Mm. Okay. So um, there's lots of different ways that people have tried to talk about it. I think the main thing we want to do is, you know, express our condolences and concerns and all of that. But I, I think. You know, one of the interesting things is the way in which so many different takes from so many different directions have come at this. One of the, the Onion had a headline that was something along the lines of uh, Virginia shooting immediately proves everyone right, which is, uh, you know, it, 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 you know, you had people who were talking about how fired up the left are like this guy was a volunteer for Bernie. And so people on the right were critical of the rhetoric of the left and people on the left were critical of gun control and people you know, what we're talking about, and, and there's so many different takes on it, yeah. Right, the, the gun control issue, like, you saw that almost immediately, where both sides were coming out and saying, this is evidence that we need greater gun control, uh, and others arguing that, no, this is the exact reason that you need to have, you know, if the, if the bad guys are armed, the good guys also need to be armed, and uh, it is, it, it feels, as we were saying beforehand, if, or at least for me, it feels a little tired, right? This is, um, I, I don't know. It also reflects how far apart we are in some ways on these issues, well, at least on the policy issues. I mean, it's sick. Like, I, yeah. I mean, it's you know, barely twelve hours at this. I don't even think it right. is twelve hours right. no, at this yeah. point. And it's, I, I can't even count the number of stories that I just saw flipping through my newsfeed. It's insane. Well, right, and also the there was the political rhetoric dynamic that uh, you know is this is this a result of a right. hyper politicized environment? And you're, I think you're right, Nick. It's, it's too early. To even know any of that, and we want to be careful in how we assess all of this. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, like we were talking about before we we came on, we don't have to have a long discussion about this. It's it, it's 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 sad that something like this happens, and the immediate response by 
the media, and then especially from people in Washington, is mm-hmm. to attack the opposing viewpoint, yeah. not you know support the people who are injured or killed, or and just leave it at that for a little while. Sure, like we know you're going to do something, but. Give it a couple days, maybe. And how, something. How, you're right. How quickly that happens. How quickly people hunker down. And I, I think largely because they believe so deeply in these views, right? So right. if you're if you're pro more gun control, like this is just more evidence to reaffirm your position. Same thing. <laughs> if you would like to see, you know, the other side of the debate. I mean, it's it's yeah. It, it doesn't allow for good discourse. No. Well, yeah. I, I mean, going forward too. Like I'm curious to see, and not that I would ever want something like this to happen, but if there is some sort of major event where there's, you know, a significant amount of people injured or killed and it's a terrorist attack or something like that, what is the response from the general population and the media going to be? Like, I I don't... We kind of touched on this last week. I don't necessarily know that we're in the same mindset that we would be, say, after, like, September 11th, where... I mean, obviously, there were... there were different viewpoints, but there was a general kind of cohesiveness to the messaging immediately after that. Not, not here, not for this. No, yeah, no, yeah. You still there, Phil? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's, there, there are some, there are some kind of, you know, to end it on a. I don't know if we're ready to move on. I, we talked about not talking too long about it. There, yeah. there are some positive notes to it. I mean, the, the, so the baseball game is going on tomorrow. It's a charity baseball game between Republicans and Democrats that happens every year. The Democrats have invited the Republicans to their I, some like their their club. I didn't know they had a club, but there's like a dinner tonight, and they've invited them to come join them. So there's been like this, I don't know, I, you know, some level of of humanizing or reaching across the aisle, and and you know that's good to see. Yeah, it's like having a caddy tournament. Yeah, and I will say like you know Paul Ryan, his statement today was actually very thoughtful, right? About this as an attack on everyone, and so that that is good. Um, I did steal the attention from Comey and uh, Jeff Sessions for uh, a few hours. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, Nick, we got to talk Comey. we yeah, got to talk just, Comey. Just go. All right. Go. So, as we were saying earlier, uh, last week when we we taped, he had released his statement, but he hadn't actually testified. And I guess I'm curious for both of you, like, this, this was so hyped up. It was such a big deal. Uh, and whether for you it was... Did it live up to that? I mean, I know, Nick, you keep saying that there's not a lot of new information, but did you guys respond to this? I mean, did it feel like it was a big story? Phil, you want to take that one? <laughs> Phil. Oh, we lost Phil. Damn it. All right, I'll go. You go. Um, yeah, I mean, I was, I watched... Sure, let's see if I can get through this without breaking up. Oh, there you go. Phil's back. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. we can hear you now. <laughs> No, Phil might be gone again. Bitch. <laughs> All right, Nick, you go. Um, so I live tweeted the entire thing um, for all of our listeners. Uh, it's N.A. McGuire on Twitter. Not that you care, um, but I had fun with it. Um, realistically, yeah, nothing Nothing that he said really, really surprised The information that he had regarding Trump really didn't surprise me that yeah. much. What did surprise me was explanation of his behavior and actions through the entire process which was you calling him in yeah uh, <laughs> Phil's gonna call in <laughs> we're going old school um just in the sense of he, he just he sounded at least from my perspective he sounded just really kind of weak and wishy-washy call me wishy-washy yeah like I, I'm not I'm wishy-washy is kind of a bad term but like 
like a frightened child dealing with a bully that he didn't like want to hang around with anymore or like Trump was the crazy ex-girlfriend or something that he couldn't get rid of like telling the attorney general to keep to keep the president of the United States away from him or not you know being in the same room with him uh, alone going forward like I, I get it like that's your boss and yeah. whatever that's tech the FBI when he's talking about that he didn't have, the thought didn't occur to him to tell the president that he wasn't following protocol and that he shouldn't be doing this, but instead he decided to write in his fucking diary every every detail that he could possibly think of immediately after that. You know what I mean. Release. Kofefe did. Kofefe, yeah. Um, just to, to, to prompt the... Um, the uh, assignment of a, a special investigation and a special prosecutor. Like, I, it just seems, it seems off. Like, I went into it thinking, all right, like, he's respected guy. Clearly, the members of Congress respect him. And, you know, he's been fairly forthright during this whole thing. Um, it's running. Oh, okay. We're um, good? Yeah, I think so. It just stopped for a minute. Um, I, like, I, it, it just, it put a sour taste in my yeah. mouth. Yeah, I, and I I don't know. I, that's no, I think we're okay. okay we're good. We're okay. All I don't right. know how much we lost. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the the one thing I would say about the Comey testimony is that I think he he's like you said he's a seasoned FBI guy. Uh, I think he was setting this up, right? I mean, I, 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 well, yeah, and we talked about it. Yeah. He was playing three dimensional chess when no one else was. But like, why? Like. Because, here's what I would say. I, you know, I think there was not a ton of new information. Like a lot of, we knew a lot of what he was going to say, but it's significant that he was saying it, right? Uh, oh, this could be a Phil Barker. Phil Barker. Hello. All right, you're back. <laughs> We're on air. <laughs> okay. Well, the first number you gave me when you gave me a number to call in was a Canadian phone number. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> We're just we just started, yeah. So Nick was talking about well, you were you were not as impressed with the testimony. Um, no, like uh, yeah, uh, to give you the brief, less boring synopsis of what I said. <laughs> um, yeah, the information that he had regarding Trump didn't surprise me at all. It was more his actions in relation to um, what he did during those meetings and his um, lack of what did he call himself, Captain Courageous? Yeah. And yeah. his um, that he didn't stand up to the president. Yes, his his feebleness, I think, was another term he used, yeah. or something like that. Um, cowardice, I think, was another one. Just his um, his inability to tell the president that he wasn't following protocol. Yet he was pretty adamant about getting all of those uh, components about the president not following protocol in his diary. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So I um, well, I have a couple of takes on it. I mean, that, I, so I, I don't know where to start. Um, that's, to me, I heard that a lot as well. It's sort of a strange take in my mind. Um, because it's, it's... Oh, we lost Phil again. <laughs> you just hung up on him. I accidentally hung up on Phil. <laughs> uh... <laughs> Uh, Do you want to um, call him on that, and we can probably plug it into the speaker? Sure. Okay. <laughs> Should we... See, we can do this in real time, yeah. folks. 
No, I, like I'm, I don't have to okay. splice audio. Together. All right, here's here's uh. Here's what I would say about Comey. Um, my thought is that he... So... Should I answer? <laughs> yeah, just answer. Sorry, Phil. <laughs> did you hang up on me or did yeah. I get disconnected? I hung up on you. You got tired of hearing you. <laughs> so that one was on me. So this is this is one of our excellent, uh, you know, technological uh, episodes here. Well, Phil's, you're traveling, correct, Phil? Yeah, so I'm in Pittsburgh this week, which is why I'm having a harder time connecting than normal. I don't have a... Uh, fast internet connection. So, um, so yeah. Anyway, the, the the Comey like not standing up to him is I, in some ways a valid criticism, but it's also a little strange. Like it, it doesn't seem to take away from his testimony at all. Like what he's saying is is you know is is relevant or important whether he had the you know guts to stand up to the president or not. Um, and it's a weird like I don't know. Typically, when someone's a victim of of something, I mean I don't know if you call Comey a victim or not, but you know, if someone robbed me, it wouldn't. It would be a weird response to say, um, "Well, did you tell them you didn't want to be robbed?" Um, so, but anyway, I, I get that, and it, it was kind of strange. Like, you wish that he would have stood up for himself and pointed out that this is, you know, this is inappropriate and whatnot. But to the bigger question, you were asking, like, did I think it was a big deal or not? I, I think it depends on like where you're coming from. I think to the average person. I don't know if you watched that Comey testimony. I don't know that there was anything necessarily monumental that you saw in it, but um, I, yeah, I mean, I think it, within the sort of, uh, you know, kind of the the smaller stuff is, was was really important and was really big. Some of the stuff that he said, I mean, that he basically called the president a liar and that he didn't trust him and that he felt pressured to bring the investigation to an end in a certain way. Um, all of that stuff is pretty huge, especially coming from Comey, who is well regarded and viewed as uh, fairly—not well, fairly. I think most people in DC at least view him as very honest and straightforward. And, and um, so I, I don't know that we learn necessarily all that much new, but I think the way it was presented and how it was presented and the details involved in the presentation were pretty massive. And I think we'll look back on this. And in the moment, it was, you know, a day or two of big news. And it will stick with us for a while. Uh, but, yes, I mean, to your point, Phil, like the, the FBI director, the former FBI director, basically came out and I mean, it didn't. I mean, he came out in that first like statement and said the president is a liar. Right. And so now you have the former FBI director calling the president a liar, and, you know, saying that he lied about the FBI in terms of how they handled his firing and the, the organization itself. That's significant. Reflect on all this to say that, you know, it didn't matter, you know, he hadn't done that with Obama. He hadn't taken notes on his meetings with George W. Bush. I mean, he's coming out and he's saying there is something different about Donald Trump. There's something wrong with him, right? I mean, that he's a liar. This, this, that's a big thing. And also that he felt pressured. You know, so much of it comes down to this word hope, right? And so we went back and forth. What does hope mean? Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, Comey was pretty clear to say, like, I felt pressure to do this. This wasn't a, you know, just like, hey, if you got some time, think about this. It was, you know, when the president gets you alone in a room and says something to you, like, this is, he's, Comey believes this is obstruction of justice, right? Or at least that's how it feels to me. Hey, He's you can this... believe all you want. You better have some evidence to back it up. Well, no, that's right. And that, that brings, that's Robert Mueller, right? That's his right. job now. 
Uh, but Comey is laying a, a pathway for Mueller to go find this. Well, that's the thing. He seems to be real good at laying paths for... for... He's a prosecutor, right? Yeah, this but is what I mean, they do. Like, even before the, the, anything regarding Trump, the, the whole Loretta Lynch thing was this, the, the incident that set this whole kind of process in motion. That's where the email investigation came from and his statement on that. And then this whole thing with, you know, his, um, his, his, uh, furious note taking afterwards. Like he, I don't know. Like he's always, it's, I, I, like, I don't know a good way to put it. Yeah. It's he, there's just something off about that. But so if you don't like the style, (laughs) what? (laughs) The, the, the style may not be great, but the substance is powerful, right? I mean, you now have a situation because Trump came out afterwards and said, I didn't say any of that. I didn't pressure him. I didn't say, I hope you drop the investigation. So now you have these two individuals, these two heavy hitters. One of them is lying. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in terms of who lies more, right? I mean, obviously it seems like this is something that, that Comey wins. I don't know. I, I feel like this he's, he's laying a trap that Trump is going to fall into. I, I yeah I take the I take the opposite uh, I I go the opposite direction for you Nick and that I what I want what I want in a law enforcement person someone uh-huh. who's investigating crimes is meticulous note taking like I want every detail like I want them to be that person that that gets every nuance oh I'm not just like it was an uncomfortable conversation I'm, I'm not discounting his note taking abilities <laughs> yeah no I want him to be detailed as well I think the the timing and the uh, method that he chose to do it is a little suspect. I think he. What what, what makes it suspect? Like I mean, I, it, it it seems sudden, but it seems. I mean, I think that's the whole point, right? Like he said, I don't normally do this, but this conversation was so uncomfortable and so unique and so different that I felt the need to do this. I think that's part of what makes his testimony or these points that he's making so significant. I, yeah, I mean, I I see your point. Like I still go back to. Again, the the Loretta Lynch thing, which, I, I, like, I don't know the way that, and I mean, we were all questioning his his motives behind that as well, whether he was colluding with Trump in some way, right. or you know, he has something against Hillary, or or any of that. Right. And you know, most of us knew that. She, or, well, I mean, it came out that she was lying about the server, anyways. Mm-hmm. Right. So, like, I, I don't know, like, I. I it, Especially after this um, particular incident, yeah, I, I think he's uh, extremely intelligent and he's very good at note taking. Um, I, I think he's playing the game for himself and not necessarily the betterment of the institution. See, I don't, I disagree with that. Oh, I hundred percent disagree. Yeah, well, fine, is... <laughs> fine. It's well, like a hundred degrees in here. I'm getting really angry about this. <laughs> I think he. I think he is. First of all, I think he really is upset for the way the FBI was treated. Again, we're all speculating. Yes, it's, I agree. It's with hard that, to know, and I don't blame him for that. And we shouldn't say that he's. I mean, I, I do think he is worried about the country. I think he's more. This is a battle between him and Trump, right? And I think he's. He sees it in that way to some degree. Sure. Uh, he's not a Boy Scout, right? He knows how to play politics. I right. think that testimony, his statement, and the testimony, as we've said, right? He's. You know, he really thought politically about all of that. Right. Uh, but I, I get the sense that he had an account. He had multiple encounters with Trump and was terrified of this man as president. And you know, is is now laying the trap for him to fall into in terms of obstruction of justice. Whether there's anything with Russia, right? I mean, that's a the thing. There could be nothing to the Trump campaign in Russia. 
But that now wouldn't matter if there's an obstruction of justice mm -hmm. claim here. I think that's the other thing that you have to keep in mind about that testimony is that, you know, when you talk about how big, was it big or was it explosive or not, is that I, I think a lot of people went into that, depending on your political perspective, to prove Trump's, and well, he could have said, you know, it was no big deal. He could have, like, you know, sort of shut things down. He did say he wasn't under investigation, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Many, many times. Which Trump loves. Trump loves, loves when you say you're not under investigation. Right. Yeah. But what he did say was that, you know, like, what... The testimony that he gave was enough to essentially keep the investigation open and sort of, you know, put, it was putting a little, a little extra uh, wood on the fire, right? So it, it's not, it, it's not the end of the investigation. It doesn't prove his guilt. No, but it not. sort of sparks, you know, this. Well, that should be looked into. I mean, and he was good about answering a lot of questions in a way in which he didn't answer, but sort of implied you know yeah. like when when he was asked about just sessions that one question and he said i don't you know i i it wouldn't be proper for me to answer is it, him not giving an answer but the implication is i can't give an answer because there's an ongoing investigation mm -hmm. right yeah so there were a number of things that he said like that that again aren't 100 percent condemning they're not they're not you know it's not here's the evidence obviously trump is guilty and it's not you know but it's certainly not doing anything to shut down the investigation. It's, it's no. giving um, a lot of people, you know, it, it sort of op it, it uh, asks more questions than it answered in a lot of ways. Well, I mean, regardless of what he said, it, it, he could have said that he doesn't believe Trump had anything to do with any of this. The investigation is ongoing. He has right. no part in it at, at this point. No, his point is show. Right. Exactly. His job now, as I, I'm guessing he sees it, is to help Robert Mueller as he goes ahead with this, right? And so mm -hmm. this was publicly laying... You know, he's given him his notes already. Uh, so all of this to suggest there's something not, from Comey's perspective, there's something not right about Trump. This guy lies. He, you know, he put pressure on me. Because there was that interesting back and forth uh, from the Republican senator, I can't remember his name, who was saying, well, hope, hope doesn't, isn't, you know, does, isn't a directive. Right. And then Comey says, no, how I felt that was that it was a directive. I was being told what to do. I didn't do it, but that's that was the clear intent mm -hmm. in terms of his interpretation. Sure. Um, right. And that, that's where, um, you know, a, a lot of the people that I saw talking about this afterwards is that, uh, you know, when, when you're building a case or an argument, it doesn't come down to one point. So, you know, if it were just that statement, I hope you can, you know, let him go or whatever. See, see past this or whatever it was. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, that in and of itself, there are lots of, you know, like both there, there are. There's something to both sides, right? Well, there there is sort of an implication, but you know, Trump didn't actually say, you know, I'm, hope can be. I just I hope this gets, goes away. But it's not just that statement. It's in the context of he fired James Comey and said on national TV <laughs> that he did it because of the Russia investigation, right? So it's mm -hmm. like all of these puzzle. It, it, we don't have the full picture, but we have all of these little puzzle pieces that are slowly getting put into place. And the more of them we have, the more there's kind of this. Well, maybe there's something here. And at the end of the day, I can't get past that you've got a situation where Comey comes under oath, says, this is what I, this is what Trump said to me. And Trump comes out and says, I did not say that. And I'm willing to say it under oath. So clearly one is lying. And at some point, I mean, is Trump stupid enough to go under oath and, and testify? I mean, I, I, do we really want to go down there? No, right, right. I don't, I don't think so. And again, Comey is a seasoned prosecutor. He knows how to do this. He realizes he's going to, you know baby steps to this point, and I don't think Trump gets that. Well, uh, I, I, all right, so here's the thing. Let's yeah. say he does, in some 
magical fucking alternate universe. Trump actually sits down under under oath and says he never said any of those things. Right. Who's going to disprove that? If there are no tapes that... Yeah. I would assume well, there are but, not. I don't think that's the standard, though. No, I mean, I'm not saying it's a standard either. I'm just saying... I, you know, like, I mean, what? How can you investigate that? Well, I mean, I think that's that's where I, you have to think about it a little differently. It's that sort of puzzle piece thing, right? Like, I, I'm sure that I, not every case, but I'm sure you know, countless cases go to trial every year in which the person who's accused of a crime gets on stand under oath and says, "I didn't do that." And, and it's the rest of the evidence, though, that you look to to see if there's this sort of overwhelming. Know, evidence that says, well, they're lying, right? And right. so that's what we have. That's what Mueller and Senate investigations are doing. So that's where you take, you've got Trump saying, I didn't do that. And right. you've got Comey saying he did. But that's where you start pairing all of this other stuff. He fired him. He, you know, Trump has tweeted about this. He's talked about it on national TV, <laughs> right. right? So it's not, you know, there, yeah, I, I don't know that we're ever going to have, like, you know, unless there are actually tapes of that conversation. But it's whether you can put together this more complete picture and it's, you know, pretty compelling evidence that that's what happened or that was his intent at least yeah and and i realistically my point more than anything is that i and i i'm not saying that there isn't evidence out there in some way i i think it's still there are a lot of components a lot of things that are suspect i personally would wait till the end of this investigation to make any sort of concrete decisions on that no absolutely and that that's what will happen and the other thing to, to point out is that Mueller's conducting his investigation, but it's not as if the president will go to trial, right? I mean, it, it was sitting. It's right. not decided, but the idea is that it, you know you probably can't prosecute a sitting president; you would have to impeach him. Right. So, you know, so that changes the standard. Uh, it, it becomes about the court of public opinion, right? Where the where the politics and all of the, all of this are, and if Comey's testimony and further evidence that comes shifts the public in a different direction, then. Then maybe House Republicans move. I, I, well, yeah. I still think that's unlikely, uh, but I, I don't think last week was good for Trump. I, I just think that was a, you know, that that moment will stand in time uh, as an FBI director directly calling out the president as a liar and someone trying to obstruct justice mm-hmm. in a very subtle and but powerful way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh. I, think, I think it's big. And now I think what you what you sort of bring up is, is something we talked a little bit about last week when we were previewing the testimony, which is. Um, I don't think we said it exactly this way, but you know, impeachment is is uh, not really a criminal question; it's a political question, right? Mm-hmm. And so, the the real question, and we talked a little bit about this last week, was how Republicans were going to respond um, to Comey's testimony, um, and whether we were going to see any evidence that you know Republicans were changing their tune at all. And I, I don't know what the two of you saw, but I saw no evidence of that, right? I saw Democrats uh, going after Trump. I saw Republicans largely defending Trump and going after Comey to yeah. a fair amount. Mm-hmm. Especially Marco Rubio, right? Ooh, oh, man. man. Yeah, that guy. <laughs> and you know, Rubio is funny because Trump trashed Rubio. Oh, God. Yes. And, and so you would think that if he, he probably, you know, Rubio has got to, I mean, he called him like little Marco and this... <laughs> And so this is his chance to finally, like, get back at Trump, and he yeah. caves, and he attacks Comey and basically defends Trump. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, going back to our earlier point, had you watched, like, Fox News or gone to any of the uh, other conservative outlets, he was a hero at, at the yeah. end of that testimony. 
they, they love him now. Which does speak to the fact that Republicans are still reluctant to attack Trump, right? There's still enough of Trump's base out there that right. uh, you have to follow. You know, parties are really powerful dynamic, and it's still mm-hmm. playing out that way. Oh, more so than ever. Yeah, I, I think so. Now, but this is just another piece, and at some point there is a tipping point where that may shift. But you're right. I don't think it happened. It didn't happen last week. No, not at all. Oh. Um, so... So one of the guys... Oh, go ahead. Can we talk about McCain for one yeah. second? Oh, my goodness, please. John. Oh. Just one? Yeah, or, I mean, Are they bringing more. the butterfly nut for him yet? Oh. <laughs> what was his official excuse? That he was up late watching the Diamondback game? I didn't get much sleep? I don't know. He, it was... I was... I, I wanted to say... Again, I was live-tweeting the entire thing, and it got to that point, point. I just go... Oh, God, I just feel bad. Like, I don't want to make a joke. Like, maybe he's, maybe he's senile? No, like, there was, it, was, it was more. It was a senior <laughs> moment and a pretty significant one. And uh, to Comey's credit, like, I think you can see Comey's face. He's going like, this doesn't make any sense, oh, yeah. John, right? Yeah. And he, he played nice. I think he may even have realized that that was going on. But John McCain doesn't give up. He keeps asking yeah, this random nonsensical question. <laughs> Hey, if the moon was made of cheese. Oh, it does make it does make me also think that some of these, you know, you shouldn't be that old and be a senator, right? No, they should kill you. Go, go golf. You know, relax. Uh, do something else, right? I mean, it's it's hard enough to be a politician at a young, you know, totally with it age. And mm-hmm. uh, no, that was that was sad. I was a little worried about John McCain. Yeah, it was uh, an interesting way to end that. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Um, he was, what was the point? He was trying to get at the point that he made a statement that the Hillary investigation was closed or was yes like that. And but how could it be closed if the Russia investigation was still open? And I mean, I I sort of saw where he was going, but it made no. It didn't. There was no logic to it. it no, it was weird circular logic thing that everything blended with something else. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so can we? So maybe this might be a good time to transition from talking about Comey's testimony to Jeff Sessions' testimony mm-hmm. yesterday, mm-hmm. Um, which you know clearly not. I mean, there was anticipation for it, but it was not. I but the fact that I mean, Jeff Sessions, his like southern drawl was fan questions, right? He re, you know he, we can get into all that detail, but he got he was mad, right? Uh, and you know he was this is outrageous. Phil, can you do a good southern access and can you do Jeff Sessions? I can't do it. I can't do an Alabama accent. No. Oh, his like indignation at all of this, like the the allegation that he was in, and I I, I tend to, I don't know about you guys, but I tend to find that convincing. I I think it's probably unlikely that he was deeply deeply involved in any kind of collusion with Russia. Uh, you know, Manafort and Flynn, I think absolutely could be, but Sessions seems less likely to me. I don't know. What what were your reactions to it? I I, th- I was I, so I didn't get to see the whole thing. Um, I I was in meetings during most of it, but the parts that I saw, yeah, he 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 was pissed, but it, yeah. it didn't. I I don't know. I'm sure it plays differently to different audiences. To me, it didn't play very well. Like <laughs> it it seems like if if you get I don't know. I he he came across as sort of I don't know in my mind sort of petulant about it, but. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, he, he seemed annoyed that he was there, and um, yeah, I don't, I don't know that much came of it because he didn't say a whole lot. Yeah, he refused to answer any questions about conversations that he had with with the president. Yeah, but the the beauty of this and the beauty of Jeff Sessions is that 
they asked him, like, you know, what, what, tell us about this conversation, and he would say, I can't tell you about that, and then they would ask him, are you, uh, are you invoking executive privilege, and he would say no, and then they would say, well, then you have to answer, and he would say, no, no. I'm not going to do that, right? <laughs> so, you know, it's, it's this, I don't, can he do that? Right, <laughs> you know, the, the reality is, I don't think he can, but he did, right? You yeah. either have to invoke executive privilege and say, this is a private conversation with the president, and not, I'm not going to share that. And then, boom, it's executive privilege. Yeah. Or you have to answer the question. Or you just say, like, I'm not going to do that. Right. Um, yeah. When you, when you swear to tell the truth under oath, you don't have the right to not answer. Right? Like, you don't, that's not... But he's not not telling right, the truth right, at that point. Right. Yeah. So there, there are certain situations, you know, you can, you, with the, you, know, you can plead the fifth, right? You don't have to self-incriminate. In this case, executive privileges. There, so there are certain situations in which you can, you know, not answer, but you have to have a legal basis for right. not doing it. <laughs> and he provided none, and that's what uh, Kamala Harris was, uh, you know, pushing him on. Um, and he wouldn't. But again, you you can't not answer. But if no one's going to hold you accountable for it, right? If the republic, I mean, the if the Republicans who are running the the committee aren't going to hold him accountable or tell him he has to answer or hold him in contempt of Congress, then he gets away with it. Right, exactly. And I think that's that's what happened. He's going to get away with this. Yeah, uh, that was, I mean, my takeaway was it was a, in the sense of the information that he gave, it was obviously a non-event. Yeah. Um, I thought it was hilarious the way that he was acting. Yeah. Oh. Um, and you're you're absolutely right, Phil. If nobody's going to call you on it, like, well, I'll just... I just won't say anything. Angry Jeff Sessions is really funny, right? Yeah. I mean, he just, I don't know. I mean, I, and I, I also, it's hard for me to know whether he's he's really a good attorney general or not, right? I mean, it's like, is that a good role for him or not? not. What's that? No. You, <laughs> you, don't, you don't think so? No, he's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> Why? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Uh, for so many reasons, Bill, but... Well, I mean, I just... I, okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I don't... I, I, we, like, we should save that for some other time. All right, we yeah. debate his, his qualities as an attorney general some other time. I, I mean, I would say that, he, you know, he wasn't... He wasn't particularly effective. Um, and, and I wasn't struck that he was somebody that could command an entire organization, right? I, mean, I don't think he came across as... Especially competent, but he's you know he's he, he was a well respected senator. I mean I, I don't know it was it's an interesting post for him. Mm. One of the points that that I would use to support my claim that he's not a good attorney general would be that it came up in testimony that as the chief law enforcement officer of the land, he hasn't received or asked for a briefing on Russian involvement in the election. Right? That's like, that's right. Haven't, haven't been told. Haven't asked about it. I see no no reason to even be concerned myself with it. Like that's your job. That that is a big deal, right? So he said they asked him that question, right? Had you ever have you ever been briefed on? And that's not even controversial. Prior to recusing himself, right? Yeah, or ever, just at any point since he is right. either during the transition or as as attorney general, was he ever briefed on the Russian hacking? Which again, that's not controversial. That happened, sure. And he's never been briefed on that. Oh yeah, okay, Phil. I I agree. (laughs) So, (laughs) Uh, but it does feel both of these, you know, both of those sessions are laying the seeds for something that is yet to come. Right? It's just one piece of this puzzle, and we don't know how it's all going to play out. But I I see the Comey testimony as being big. It's it's we knew a lot about it, but it's different when it comes from the FBI director himself, and Mm -hmm. that's. 
And I guess the other thing that struck me about that is how good some of the reporting on this has been, right? So we, we knew a lot of this. Yeah. And because we've had reporting on it, right? And that the reporting has been fairly accurate on, on some of these big stories. Because of the leaks, you mean, ahead of time? Yeah, yeah. right? I mean, that the Washington Post, the New York Times, that they're getting a lot of this right, right? Mm-hmm. That we knew uh, about all of this. Now, you're right. Some of this was, you know, Comey released his notes, which there's this whole question Excuse of whether... Diary. <laughs> whether this is leaking or not. And, you know, the idea, if it's not classified, some are saying it's not leaking. I tend to, to buy that. Trump sees him as a leaker now. Um, <laughs> so he's a leaker. Talking, talking to a reporter is not leaking. That's right. Um, uh, Philly's a leaky loser. <laughs> if that's the case, I've leaked lots of things in my life. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like, I honestly did not... After Comey's testimony and whatnot, like, I, I honestly had to take a break. And, yeah. like, and it's... If we weren't doing this podcast, yeah. I don't know if I would follow it nearly as closely yeah. as, as, as we do. But it's... There's so much noise right now. Yeah. I, like, realistically, I don't care what they find in the investigation, one way or the other. Just give me some fucking concrete information that I can digest and just be done with it. Like, but, I just want it to be done so that we can get back to pretending that we legislate and, sure. you know, actually serve the country. But that's probably not going to happen for a long time. No, it's probably not. Because we're depressing. talking about this investigation, the Mueller investigation, could be another year. Right. Another year and a, year and a half where this slowly drips out. Um, right? yes. It's not going to be speedy, and, and Mueller doesn't even have to present those results publicly. I don't believe he has to. So there's my buzz. I know, I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So should we talk briefly before we head on another topic about whether or not we think Trump is is going to fire Robert Mueller? He can't. He just can't. Phil, he's going to. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> All right, Phil, make the case. <laughs> so my argument is that I, I don't know if he knows that he's. <laughs> but he's going to like I don't I'm not 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 this week necessarily. I mean it could be it, it could be tomorrow it could be six months from now but it's some, like he I just don't think that he's capable of the impulse control it will require it, Mueller something's going to come out it's going to something's going to come out that's going to look bad it's going to make it clear that something's moving forward and he's just not going to be able to resist like I, I think that that's so the story came out today that, Mo- that the Mueller investigation, or I forget who it was, somebody was reporting, that the Mueller investigation is now, in fact, investigating Trump for obstruction of justice. But Comey told him no three times. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so the important point that some people were pointing out is that Comey repeatedly said that uh, basically when he was you know, FBI director, Trump was not under investigation for the Russia stuff. Um, but, you know, Mueller's a different investigation. He's been given a lot of leeway, and apparently Trump is under investigation. Again, like you were saying, Bill, even if he could be totally innocent or totally, you know, could have known nothing about the Russia stuff, but could obstruct the investigation into the Russia stuff, right, and be right. um, uh, guilty of obstruction of justice. So it came out today that Mueller is, in fact, investigating Trump for obstruction of justice. And the other thing was... Uh, was also investigating or looking into, quote, evidence of possible financial crimes committed by people around Trump and in the Trump organization. So, who um, didn't think I, that was happening? Know, I, yeah. I think, like, right now, Trump, I don't, you know, I don't think that he's necessarily planning to fire Mueller, but I think at some point in the next few months, something's going to come out and he's going to do it. <laughs> he's going to 
do it. It's going to be disastrous, but I don't think he can resist. That, that my thought on the, I, I sort of agree with Nick on this. That like if he does that, this it's is it. it's over, it's right? Over. It is the worst possible decision he could ever make. It yeah. is basically admitting, even if he's not guilty, that you're saying I'm guilty. It's Nixonian. Uh, it's the and everybody in the administration knows that, except for Trump. Right, right? and that's you the know. Thing. Then you know if he does that, yeah. Then you know he listens to no one in the administration. He's listened to no members of Congress right. and their opinions. It's just him. So he would to do it though. He can't fire him directly. It has to be the so it would be the acting attorney general right now who said he would not do that unless there was cause. But Trump could fire him, right? I mean, so it could be Correct. Nixon again, where Nixon just keeps firing attorney generals until somebody will do that. But, uh, so, so let's review the evidence, though, right? You say that like if he does this, it will be disastrous. It will show that he doesn't listen to anyone around him. But we know that he doesn't listen to anyone around right, him. Right. We know this from previous stories, from other things that have happened. He doesn't listen to his advisors. So there's, we already know that. Like That's not going to stop him. And the other part of what she said about, like, this will be the end. Like, he's done. How many times have we said that in the last year and a half? Like, that would be, like, this is it. Right? How can he survive, you know, a live video, a live tape of him talking about sexual, you know, assault? How can he survive mocking a disabled reporter? How can he survive firing the FBI investigator? Like, we've said this so many times. Well, this I, is I, the thing. So I think yeah. he could, like, I don't know. I think he could, I don't, first of all, I don't think that, he will necessarily listen to those around him. I think if he gets mad, he'll fire him or, or lash out. And I and I would you know I would like to think that that would mean he was done, but I don't. I'm not 100 percent convinced that that would mean he's done. I, I I mean I I don't think it'll happen purely for this reason because one of those shitty decisions that he made led into what happened last week and. But he doesn't get that. But no, but I, but I mean, like realistically, the public was already a little, uh, you yeah. know, it's that's really shitty timing. Yeah, shitty timing and shitty reasoning. And like, I, I I don't know if you can, because I mean, that was bad in itself. This is, uh, yeah, I, I oh, mean, no. equally if not significantly worse than that because of the first right because, right, because of, of the first you fired well actually and it's not just uh comey they fired oh the uh, the uh, prosecutor in new york what's his name um yes yeah so he fired him who who i don't know if listeners saw this was at comey's testimony sitting in the front row right, right? yeah who's now tweeting attacking trump right mm -hmm. so so Trump has fought, fired multiple people, mm -hmm. and each one seems to get him in deeper. So you would think that he would get that. Uh, but no, I, I agree with you that this is... He, he can't do it. No, I don't think he survives. But he does his band is whispering in his but, ear, like, do it, do it. <laughs> but in conventional logic, he can't do it doesn't mean that he won't do it. No, no I know! <laughs> no, we know he can't, and he very well may. I, I don't think he would survive it. You're right. I, I do think that might be the one. Well, if he did, uh, at that point, Congress might just appoint an inspector general or whatever that title would be, uh, and then they probably would go back to Mueller again because he is he is the guy, right? He's the right. one to do that. Um, Somebody, uh, what's his name in California? The why can't I think of his name? The um, anyway, yeah. So, uh, somebody came out and said that that if Trump fired Mueller. Congress would just reestablish a special prosecutor and appoint Mueller. Yeah. But it, but it's not that easy, right? So there was a, I mean, this, this 
special prosecutor, our independent counsel. Um, there used to be a, an office of an independent counsel that was that was you know that Congress could appoint an independent counsel, but that legislation, that law, expired, so that doesn't exist anymore. Mm-hmm. So in theory, Congress could do that, but if they passed a law reestablishing the independent counsel, um, that would be a law that Trump would have to sign. <laughs> oh, that's right. I didn't think about that. Well, they could override him at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, they could override him if they have the support of like a significant number of Republicans, right? So I, that's where I don't, you know, I, I, I have yet to see any indication of any sort of major, uh, you know, caving of the Republican establishment at this point. Right. Maybe that would be it. You know, that, yeah. I think, I would hope that that would be it, but yeah. I, I don't know. We, I don't know. I'm not convinced. We, we talked about it before, what that breaking point would be. And I, I that might be it. Not only from, from a public opinion standpoint, but from a congressional standpoint, I feel like that would be the breaking point for a lot of members of Congress. It, it's when I saw that story this this week, I couldn't believe it. Right, that one of his friends was on PBS talking about this, that he might do this, and then Newt Gingrich was out as well. I mean, that, to me, I wonder is that, is that just random, or is I mean, Trump talks to those guys, and and is did he say like, yeah, why don't you put this out there? And it might be that Trump is putting this out there because he thinks that'll put pressure on Mueller to be more fair or whatever that is. But either way, I, I do. There might be some connection to Trump on this, right? He's clearly thinking about this. It's 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 bonkers, right? Yeah, yeah, it's insane. But I mean, this all goes back to I, we talked about this. I don't know, five or six episodes ago, uh, we were talking about how I, I, I there's I had this sort of idea of Trump being a man who had never really suffered real consequences in his life, right? So, like, he goes bankrupt, but he gets bailed out by, you know, Russian banks or whatever. Right. But, like, all of these things have happened in his life, and, like, it all works out for him in the end. And I, I sort of think, you know, like, I, I just sort of think, think he views the world through that lens. So, so yeah, the, the Mueller comes along. If he starts getting too close to something or making Trump uncomfortable, he seems like the type of person who would fire him, right? That's the way he thinks. That's the way the world works in his mind. We would have to do a special episode just on that. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, for sure. As soon as it's announced. Whatever day it is, like yeah. we just we go live on Facebook, yeah. right? <laughs> so, uh, uh, more on this, or should we st- talk some uh, British elections? I think we got to talk about yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, um, Oh, beers let's, first? Let's, yeah, let's yeah. do beers. Yeah. Phil, in, in uh, Pittsburgh, what are you drinking? So, uh, little, I'll have a little side story here. It turns out <laughs> that buying beer in, in uh, Pennsylvania is insane. And I, if we have any Pennsylvania listeners, I'm sure they can back me up on this. I've never been in a place that has been so bizarre. You can't just like go into a grocery store and buy beer. They have Anyway, you have to buy bottles of beer from bars and anyway. I do much work. <laughs> Good job, Phil. Failed to retrieve beer, but luckily I'm at a hotel that has a bar. So I had two local Pittsburgh, well, not local, one of them local to Pittsburgh, one's local to Pennsylvania. So my, my first beer was an Erie Brewing Company um, Soleil or Soleil Shandy, which I know I make fun of you for drinking Shandies, Bill. Shandies are the best. It, it, so it was like a raspberry lemon Shandy. Ooh, that, that sounds all right. I gotta say, it was pretty good. It was not beer, <laughs> it was like beer at all. It tasted more like a sprite than a beer, but yeah, it was pretty good. I have to say. <laughs> 
Um, so yeah, I you know I give it a four out of five. Um, and then the second real beer I had was from Church Brew Works, which is from Pittsburgh. They have a Thunderhop IPA. You can so keep it was in a, that an IPA and, uh, It was very good. I enjoyed it a lot. Very good. Awesome. All right. Uh, so I was up in Wisconsin this week uh, golfing and hanging out with friends. So on the way back, I stopped at Lakefront Brewery, uh, which I, I think it's has the best brewery tour I've ever been on. Did uh, you tell them about the podcast during your, the, your tour? No, I didn't go to the actual brewery. I just picked it up at a liquor store. But uh, <laughs> that's a good idea. Actually, Phil, Lakefront is the place, the brewery tour that I took you on when you were up in Milwaukee. I, I will forever have fond memories of that tour. That was good. It was good, yeah. So they uh, they had a little uh, sampler pack, and I started with a, I believe it is a Klish Pilsner, uh, which was uh, actually delightful. It was a uh, it was kind of a light, and I'm not a big Pilsner fan, but uh, I wanted to try this, and I, I enjoyed it. it was uh, you know I, I think Pilsners are finally starting to come around. They're doing some really interesting things with this. Mm. So it was uh, it was flavorful. It had some uh, some I don't know some. Something it was good. I enjoyed it. Uh, and then my second one was their IPA, and on the label they actually have a picture of an eye. Oh, hey, yeah. Uh, and that was I really enjoyed that. It's uh, citrusy, just like a a good IPA. I'm, I'm I'm an IPA guy, and if you put a little bit of citrus in it, it's just it's perfect. So so Lakefront Brewery, well done. Um. Yeah, I, I mean it's hard to find a craft um, brewery place that doesn't do something other than pale ales. Or at yeah. least it, I, uh, the only thing I find that sounds appealing is, is pale ales. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. I gotta, apparently I have to look harder for that. Um, so I picked up something from 18th Street Brewery, which is based out of Hammond, Indiana. Um, their Sex and Candy India Pale Ale. That's a great name. Yeah, which is... Um, who did that song? Marcy Playground? Yeah, I was going to sing a little bit, but now I better not. Yeah. <laughs> um... Pretty good. It had kind of a, a oddly enough, a little sweetness to it. Yeah. Um. So it kind of cut down on the um, the uh, the hoppiness. Um. Also a larger can, so more bang for your buck. Uh, I I would highly recommend. Um. Second one that I'm having right now is a villainous IPA from Around the Bend, uh, beer company based out of Chicago. This is much more of a, a standard. I very. Not my favorite, to be perfectly honest, just because of that. It says it has flavored pear, pear, and all I taste wow. is grass. So maybe up those fruit fruit things. All right, but look at that label. They have a skull with a mustache. Points for that. Yes, it's a, hip, a hipster skull. Yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah mustache. Yeah, um, yeah it, it it was it, there other stuff, but yeah, we'll we'll see how the rest of this goes. Uh, and on that same note, so we started a. An untapped account for Barstool Politics. So that is an app where you can follow people and see what beers they've tried and figure out where they're from and find out if uh, you distributes them or sells them. Um, so we'll put these up, um, I guess, as soon as we're done drinking them and done dealing with um, putting the audio out for you people. Um, so look for that. Download that from the App Store. Good plan, Nick. Good yeah. plan. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now British elections or Phil? Do you have another Pittsburgh story? No, uh, I don't. I don't think so. Oh no! I can't, here's what I was wandering through downtown today. I just happened to run in to the Penguins parade. So they won the as I flew in on Sunday night. They won the Stanley Cup. Happened to run into it. Like in party mode ever since. It's been kind of a great time to be here. 
Um, but uh, I don't know that I blend in all that well with like a Pittsburgh Penguins uh, fan, fan group, <laughs> but uh, it was fun to see it all. So what a great experience. Yeah. All right, British elections. Uh, Phil, you're a comparative politics. Do you want to you want to start? The, you want to get our listeners up to speed on what happened? Sure. Um, I, I don't know that I've seen the actual final tally, but um, yeah. So, so uh, uh, I don't know. A couple of months ago, uh, Prime Minister of, of Britain, um, Prime Minister May, called early elections. So, in in a, in a parliamentary system, in the British system, you are required to have elections every five years, but you can call them sooner. Um, so she was, the British were, as listeners probably know, getting ready to move into this, essentially the negotiating phase of Brexit. So they've chosen to leave the European Union and they need to negotiate how that's going to look, what it's going to look like as they leave the European Union. And so getting ready to go into that, her thought was she was doing well in the polls. She thought she would call an election early, strengthen her numbers, and it would give her essentially a, a a way to negotiate Brexit from a position of strength. So she calls these early elections, and then everything went disastrous. <laughs> yes. Um, it turned out to be just a terrible, terrible decision, one of the worst sort of political decisions um, in, in a long time, certainly in British politics, but like even thinking outside of Britain. So um, the election was last Thursday, and she... Depending on how you look at it, the, 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 so she's a conservative. The conservative party still, quote-unquote, won. But they won. So they, what that means is they got the most seats in parliament, but they do not have a majority. Mm-hmm. So she went from being the majority party, um, being her conservatives being in control of parliament, to now she's, look, she's having to form a coalition government. They lost a number of seats. Um, she did su- surprisingly poorly. Um, so yeah, it turns out to be really bad, and in a number of places, like seats that had been conservative for like a hundred years, uh, went to the Labour Party, and um, yeah, it, it has left British politics uh, sort of in shambles. And it's it's another liberal Western liberal democracy whose election just went in a weird way. I mean, when the, yeah. when she called that election. We even talked about yeah, it. Yeah. There was no way they could. Yeah. They were, she was up 20 points, and it seemed like a brilliant decision to say we're early. You know, we're going to not at least she had a majority. I'm going to make an even bigger majority so that I have a mandate going into the Brexit negotiations. And it all collapsed. And some of it was her fault. I mean, she was a she, she's a good policy person, but she's a terrible campaigner. Horrible. Uh, yeah. But I think there's other things going on. There's just this angst everywhere where you just you can't predict how elections are going to play out mm-hmm. and and in some ways she should have known that 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 lead in those polls that early on aren't going to be the same at election time you can't trust polls ever no right. <laughs> no or num- numbers in general numbers in yeah general, numbers man. are wishy-washy science is iffy that's right so there are a couple of interesting trends that come out of this one of which is, and it's not trends i mean things that have popped up not just in that occurred in britain but you've also seen occurring sort of in a number of other countries one of which is um, part of the reason why the uh, conservatives didn't do very well is that youth vote was incredibly high. Mm-hmm. So um, that was not the case for the Brexit. So people for the Brexit vote, the you know young people who were the people who were most opposed to Brexit didn't necessarily turn out and vote, and maybe they've learned their lesson. So um, uh, this really big upsurge in in young voters who came out who were pissed about Brexit, who essentially. Uh, um, I think 
least partly explain the fall in the in the Labour Party. And you've seen that uptick in sort of young votes uh, in France and in the Netherlands and a number of other places. Another thing that I thought was interesting is that UKIP, which is the sort of far-right party in Britain, did dismally. They did really badly. Mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, I mean, they lost, they were down a, a number of percentage points from the last election. I, I don't think they, they didn't. Also, they didn't even get a seat, right? They didn't. They didn't get a seat in government. I thought. I don't remember if they. Yeah, if they got any, it was yeah. I don't, it, if they got any, it was not many. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd have to look and see. I don't remember if they got any seats. Or and, not. So, and so then Labor with Jer- Jeremy Corbyn, uh, who is really far left, uh, he did really well. And, and like you said, Phil, I mean, he was motivating the youth, and it was just a really funky election that way. The other thing, and that's also the, the decline of these far-right parties. You've seen, so we talk a lot about the populism and how these far-right parties are really shaking up European politics, and, and they are. They're, they're important. They're playing a big role. But if you look at I saw somebody today looking at the poll numbers for far-right parties since the election of Trump, and they have fallen in all of these countries, in Britain, in the Netherlands, in France. Like, if you look at Le Pen's numbers, she was doing really well, and then Trump gets elected, and they decline. So... It's almost like the rest of the world is looking at <laughs> Donald Trump and, yeah. and sort of pausing a little bit about whether they want to go sort of with this kind of populist nationalist um, sort of approach. <clears throat> Absolutely, right? And you don't want to you don't want to generalize the United States for the whole world, but I I, I think that's happening, right? I think yeah. France looked at Trump and said, mm, we don't want that here, mm-hmm. uh, and and in some ways now for. Brexit, this, uh, it's likely that the UK still leaves the European Union, but they talk about a hard versus a soft departure, right? This is definitely right. more of a, let's try to work something out. There's no mandate. It's all really up in the air now. Mm-hmm. The other thing, and I'll, this is my last, I've been talking way too much. The other point that it's worth kind of noting about the British election is that if, if there were some parallels to the U.S. presidential election in that... Um, May, who's the conservative, the sort of Republican of Britain, and Corbyn, who's the Labour Party slash you know Democrat of Britain, um, are are both really unpopular. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, yeah. it was a bit like the sort of Trump Hillary thing, where it was like, obviously there are people in each party who were excited about the candidates, but I think there were lots of people who were like, these are our two choices. Um, and so I, you saw a little bit of that playing out. I think you could make the argument sort of like in the U.S. presidential election, but in the British election, if either party had been led by a different person. So if the conservatives had a different leader besides May, I think they would have won um, pretty handily. If the Labor Party had someone other than Corbyn, I think they could have dealt a real blow to the conservatives. Mm. What you have instead is this kind of stalemate that's emerged, and it'll be interesting to see how that, how that plays out. We've said this before, right? but it feels like we're living through this really transitional point in history, right? Things yeah. that we, we understood going forward are going to be different, right? And, and we, we're, we're at the beginning of it, where right? we don't know how globalization is going to play out, how and globalization and democracy, but I think France, the UK, the United States, elsewhere, like it's just, it just is the beginning of some pretty big changes. Well, that's why we decided to do this podcast, or at least I did, because nice. I expect this to yes. make money at some point, and I'm just going to buy a piece of land somewhere where I don't have to deal with any of this or see people or, <laughs> right. you know. Yes. That, that was a, a wonderful transition. <laughs> oh. All right, Nick, anything else we should talk about? Um, Are we almost at time? Yeah, we're at about an hour right now. Okay. Yeah, so we're, we're 
we're good unless there's something else oh um well no you guys didn't hear about it we had mentioned briefly um the evidence of uh russian hacking in the u.s election system that came out earlier this week uh, i think it was 39 states were affected uh they're still investigating uh pretty heavy in some instances Illinois was one of the states that allowed um, the feds to come in and look at all of the uh, the, the data and, and whatnot. And there was evidence that they were attempting to alter um, voter registration data and things like that, but there was no evidence that they put any of these plans into action. So I know you had mentioned it, Phil, and said this could have been you know a dry run for something that was coming later down the road. Um, but apparently Obama had known about this and decided to uh, not make a public statement about it. Uh, and it was the first instance where they used an updated version of the, the you know, quote unquote, quote unquote, red phone to call the Kremlin to figure out what was going on. And the only thing that I heard, or I mean, there was no um, direct quote that came out of that conversation, but I assume it was something along the lines of, yeah, we'll look into it and get back to you at some point. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Putin still says, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, well, and, and to circle back to Comey's testimony, well, the other thing that he hit on... Russians well, he, are coming, man. Right, right. Coming for your children. Exactly. That we need to... Not for the, not for the kids. We don't know. Uh, that this is something that is not, not something that happened once, but is continuing to happen... Uh, yeah, no, this is a... This is conflict in the 21st century. Yeah. It's very, very different. But, Russia has continued to meddle in other countries' elections, and it, to think that they won't do this again is 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 naive. Yeah. Um, and I think that's one of the shocking things, or one of the things that I come back to with the Russia Trump thing. Like I, I don't, I don't, you know, who knows on the collusion and all of this other stuff. I, but it is, it is, um, it's, I don't know if startling is the word. It, it's, it's kind of, sh it's shocking that Trump has taken so little interest or said so little about this, right? Like, and that was one of the yeah. things that sort of Comey, again, like was, was getting at, right? Regardless of, I, you know, it, it, it is, it's bizarre that, that the Trump administration hasn't been more active or outspoken about this. And I don't know if that comes from, like, again, any, some sort of, he does have a weird fondness for, uh, Putin. I don't know if it comes from that or if it comes from his like obvious fondness for himself in that if you talk about Russia hacking it, it takes something away from his win. Right. Regardless, it's, it's weird that Trump doesn't, hasn't sort of, you know, at least addressed this in a, in a more um, significant way. I, I think he's got a lot of plates spinning right now. Right, right. <laughs> but, that, but that's the two things, right? Is, is it about if he, if he throws some support behind that Russian hacking does it take away from his electoral college victory, right? And I, I think you're right, Phil. He worries about that. Or is he in bed with the Russians, right? And it's it's it, it might be the former, but you, you just never know. Um, so on, on this note, I, we, I, I had totally forgotten about this, but this conversation sparked it in my head. The Senate today passed new, re, uh, new sanctions on Russia related to this. Yes. Did you see this? And it passed 97 to 2, so like overwhelming. It will go to Trump for his signature, and that will be an interesting, you know, will hmm. Trump sign it? Will he? I mean, he could veto it, but uh, that would be very weird on a 97-2 to vote, and so uh, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. That's a big, that would be a, that would be a big test for him. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and we mentioned it before we um, started recording. Like, I, I think with all of the 
the mess that has gone on this past week, you know, this somehow got pushed to the sidelines, but I'm shocked it didn't get more attention than, than it yep. has. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. And I, I'm, I mean, and we talked about this in previous epi- uh, episodes as well. Like, I was under no assumptions that Russia wasn't constantly trying to influence our election. And like you said, Phil, numerous elections around the globe. And I think there are plenty of other countries that are doing it as well. Um, I, I think it'll be, it'll be interesting and telling to see what the administration's response to this latest development yeah. is. Right. But, um, this was fun. Close out. Sounds good. Yeah. I'm excited. Uh, any predictions for the uh, Megyn Kelly interview with Alex Jones this weekend? It's going to be hilarious. Yeah. Yes. 99.7% chance of hilariousness. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, 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 I mean, he's... Mm. The... You, so when you... I mean, have, do we have time to talk about that a little sure. bit? Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Alex Jones. Um... Yeah, so I, I mean, there's been a little bit of a discussion on this about whether it's appropriate for her to um, put him, to give him this sort of megaphone, right? So, uh, I, you know, I'm kind of curious to hear both of your takes on on it. Um, uh, you know, Alex Jones is popular amongst a certain segment of the population, but he's also crazy, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, he, he pedals in conspiracy. I don't know, maybe I should say he's crazy. He pedals in conspiracy theories. He, I mean, Infowars and all of that stuff. I mean, it, it's it's out there, and it is not based in fact or accuracy. Hey, man, you can so, say that all you want, but we all know the chemtrails are there. So, <laughs> fine, you enjoy dying early. I, you know, I for me to respond to your question, Phil, I I I'm a big believer in. Total free speech, let people say what they want to say. But I will say this bothers me a little bit that NBC did this because there's free speech, which is great, right? We should just, you know, more free speech and the idea is that ultimately the better ideas rise to the top. False. (laughs) Well, that'd be right because Alex Jones is really convincing peddling conspiracy theories well yeah and, and he's good when you when i listen to him i say he's well, very convincing yeah maybe maybe, maybe that's right uh and, <laughs> and more so than trump i think trump is also good at this like trump like there's a certain confidence to this and part of me is is scared because if if you have total free speech in that sense then like guys like this can win and if they have a megaphone right that message that message gets more and more appealing which is really dangerous but you know you i think you have to let them have their their megaphone, but I don't. NBC didn't need to do this, right? I, I, no, they didn't I, need I, to do yeah. this. But this is my take on it. He already has a massive megaphone. Yeah, he has millions upon millions of followers and people that listen to him on a weekly basis. I think that I, I think this was a poor decision on their part. I think NBC's, they thought yeah. this was a way to somehow discredit him. I think it's only going to fire up his listenership even yeah. more. Well, uh, I, I. I and there's there's an audience that NBC that that people will be exposed to him that they aren't getting exposed right you almost have to find seek him out now and when he's with Megyn Kelly that's a that's a whole big multi million right. audience that right, so right. I, I I don't know I I uh, I'm, I'm concerned it's by they're, it they're they're gearing up for a cage fight yeah like, and I don't think they necessarily considered what the outcome is going to be right Phil. I, I'm a little I, I'm less generous 
with, so you were saying you think NBC did this to sort of, you know, expose him in some ways. I think they did it because it's going to get good ratings. That's fair. Um, yeah. yeah. She's got a new show. She's, she's new to NBC. And I guess from what I've seen, her ratings had dropped from the first show to the subsequent shows. And this is, you know, it's, it's been all over the news. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, so you can believe in free speech and think that Alex Jones has every right to do this, but mm-hmm. also think that he shouldn't be promoted to a national platform to say these things. Right. Mm. That's a good point. And, That's a really and, good point. And I think I, I don't have a problem. I even wouldn't have a problem with them having Alex Jones on if it was approached in the right way. Right. So you can have Alex Jones on and talk to him about this, but at the same time, do it in a way where you push back, where you challenge his stuff, where you bring up evidence to show that, you know, when he denies that Sandy, that uh, uh, whatever Sandy Hook, Sandy, right? Sandy Hook, yeah, that these sorts of things have occurred, like you you accuse him of peddling in conspiracy theories, and you put you know you could actually use this to expose him. Right. I am skeptical that that's based on pictures that have been tweeted out of Megyn Kelly and Alex Jones, like doing selfies in the car and stuff. I'm I'm skeptical that that's the way this happened. No, I'm <laughs> sure if, that, if there is um, even a hint of that, you we've gotten AP alerts that he walked off the set during the interview right. or something. Yeah. Like that. No, it, you're right. It'll be cuddly and she'll push a little bit and he's I mean he's good at that format. He's good at confrontation and yep. I'm sure they're seeing this Alex Jones at Infowars, they're seeing this as a way to expand their audience. Sure. And, uh, yeah, no, it was a poor choice by NBC. Uh, well, and that's, that's where he might win either way, right? So even if NBC pushed back and accused him of conspiracy theories, that's sort of his bread and butter, right? Like yeah. the, that the media is out to get you and that this is all fake and the elites are... So, I mean, even if they did that, it might not... You know, it would play into his into his playbook. So, sure. yeah, it's, it's a little disheartening. I don't know. Well, I mean, we know they control the weather. Right. We know about the chemtrails. Yep. <laughs> Apparently the Jews did 9-11. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, it is, yeah. So many things. That Absolutely. just opened all of our eyes on. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Um, uh, plugs. Facebook, Twitter. Um, at Barstool Politics on Facebook. At Barstool Paul on Twitter. Um, our individual Twitters, uh, you can find that on the Twitter. Yep, the on the Twitter, Twitter page, we're all listed there. Yep. Um, and stay tuned. More interesting stuff coming up. Yes, BarcelPolitics at yahoo.com. Yeah, the email's been kind of quiet, but we should still plug it. Shocking. Yeah. Um, and uh, what was the other thing? Oh, our Untap. So look for look for the beers that we've. Um, had recently on that account and if you got good suggestions uh share them because uh, we're running out of beers <laughs> hey, is, there, is there a username on barstool Pol- uh, sorry on untap that they need to know it's just barstool politics all one word thanks because i was definitely going to forget that <laughs> um yeah i guess we'll we'll talk to you guys next week thanks cheers guys. cheers guys